Mad. Mutual Assured Destruction. MAD is a doctrine, a military strategy, which posits that a full-scale use of nuclear weapons by an attacker on a nuclear-armed defender with second-strike capabilities would cause the complete annihilation of both the attacker and the defender. Essentially, once armed, neither side has any incentive to initiate a conflict or to disarm. The term Mutual Assured Destruction was coined by Donald Brennan, who came up with this acronym ironically, spelling out the English word MAD to argue that holding weapons capable of destroying society was irrational. Détente, French for relaxation, the easing of tensions with a hostile nation in order to preserve peace. Détente, which had been the USA and Soviet Union's foreign policy towards each other for over a decade, had come to an end. With the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, background couple, background couple. An election of the staunchly anti-communist Ronald Reagan. In the last 15 years or more, the Soviet Union has engaged in a relentless military buildup, acquiring what can only be considered an offensive military capability. All the moral values which this country cherishes, all these basic rights are fundamentally challenged by a powerful adversary which does not wish these values to survive. Both the capitalist West and communist East were turning to more aggressive solutions to end the decades-long Cold War. Ronald Reagan declared on March 8, 1983, at the height of the Cold War and the Soviet-Afghan War. So in your discussions of the nuclear freeze proposals, I urge you to beware the temptation of pride, the temptation of blithely uh, declaring yourselves above it all and label both sides equally at fault, to ignore the facts of history and the aggressive impulses of an evil empire, to simply call the arms race a giant misunderstanding, and thereby remove yourself from the struggle between right and wrong and good and evil. Not only looking to heighten the nuclear arms race, but declaring the Soviet Union an evil empire and asserting that the Cold War was a struggle between good and evil. Newly arisen Soviet General Secretary Yuri Andropov, the Butcher of Budapest. Andropov was the former head of the KGB. Naturally, he was paranoid about the USA, and Reagan's rhetoric was making him more so. He warned U.S. envoy. Averill Harriman, that the Reagan administration's provocations were moving the two superpowers towards the dangerous red line of nuclear war through miscalculation in June of 1983. Just as things were heating up, they reached a fever pitch. Early in the morning, on September 1st, 1983, Korean Airlines Flight 007 had vanished from radar screens in skies bordering the Soviet Union and Japan. It soon became clear that this was not an accident, but that the airliner had been shot down. All 269 people inside, including U.S. Representative Larry McDonald, had been killed. The pilots had made an error on their autopilot system, taking them 300 kilometers off track, violating airspace of the Soviet Union over the Kamchatka Peninsula. Soon, they violated Soviet airspace once again over the Sakhine Islands, where the plane was then shot down. 
Andropov, decided not to make any admission of downing the airliner on the premise that no one would find out or be able to prove otherwise. Reagan, characteristically, was far more confrontational. First, let me just say that Nancy and I were deeply saddened last night to learn of the death of Senator Henry Jackson. Now, in the wake of the barbaric act committed yesterday by the Soviet regime against a commercial jetliner, the United States and many other countries of the world made clear and compelling statements that expressed not only our outrage, but also our demand for a truthful accounting of the facts. While events in Afghanistan and elsewhere have left few illusions about the willingness of the Soviet Union to advance its interests through violence and intimidation, all of us had hoped that certain... Following the shooting of Korean Airlines 007, NATO, under the impetus of the Reagan administration, deployed Pershing-2 and Griffin cruise missiles in West Germany. This decision was heavily being debated between NATO member states, as it was seen as inciting new tensions with the East. The missiles would allow DC to strike Moscow within 6 to 10 minutes. The Soviet Union initially denied knowledge of the incident of Korean Airlines 007, but later admitted to shooting down the aircraft, claiming that it was a spy on mission. This had been the tensest moment the world had seen since the Cuban Missile Crisis over 20 years before. The Incident Three weeks after the Korean Airlines incident, at the Serpikov-15 bunker near Moscow, which housed the command center of the Soviet early warning satellites, meant to detect nuclear strikes before they occur, Stanislav Petrov, a lieutenant colonel, replaced a colleague for the night shift. Petrov's responsibilities included observing the satellite early warning network and notifying his superiors of any impending nuclear missile attacks against the Soviet Union. If notification was received from the early warning system that inbound missiles had been detected, the Soviet Union's strategy was an immediate and compulsory nuclear counterattack against the United States, launch on warning, specified in the doctrine of mutual assured destruction. Fifteen minutes after midnight, the alarm went off. The system warned that the U.S. was preparing to launch a missile strike, headed for the Soviet Union. Stanislav first began to check all his security checks to see if the launch was legitimate. Perhaps there had just been a software failure. He trusted the visual services the most. They could observe the launch of a missile via a satellite. But the visual inspection was impossible because the sun was setting at just that moment. There was the Terminator line, the line between day and night, and the satellite was exactly on that border line. Petrov had less than half an hour to decide whether or not the launch was real. Should he decide the attack was valid, Premier Andropov would soon be notified. Knowing full well that General Secretary Andropov was obsessed with an American attack, should he pass the command, the end result would be global nuclear war. It was completely unexpected, as such things usually are. The siren sounded very loudly, and I just sat there for a few seconds, staring at the screen with the word LAUNCH displayed in bold red letters. A minute later, the siren went off again. The second missile was launched, then the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, 
The computers changed their alerts from launch to missile strike. There were no rules about how long we were allowed to think before we reported a strike. But we knew that every second of delay took away valuable time that the Soviet Union's military and political leadership needed. And then I made my decision. I would not trust the computer. I picked up the telephone handset, spoke to my superiors and reported that the alarm was false. But I, myself, was not sure until the very last moment. I knew perfectly well that nobody would be able to correct my mistake if I had made one. Petrov considered the detection a computer error, since according to MAD doctrine, a first-strike nuclear attack by the United States was likely to involve hundreds of simultaneous missile launches in order to disable any Soviet means of a counterattack. Furthermore, the satellite system reliability had been questioned in the past. Petrov dismissed the warning as a false alarm. It was subsequently determined that the false alarms were caused by a rare alignment of sunlight on high-altitude clouds and satellites, Molniya orbits, an error later corrected by cross-referencing a geostationary satellite. Petrov, although initially praised for his decision, was given no reward. He was later reprimanded for improper filing of his paperwork, with the pretext that he had not described the incident in his military diary. His actions were swept under the rug. According to Petrov, this was because the incident and other bugs found in the missile detection system embarrassed his superiors and the influential scientists who were responsible for it, so that if it had been officially rewarded, they would have had to be punished. He was reassigned to a less sensitive post, took early retirement to take care of his wife who was diagnosed with cancer. Oleg Kalugin, a former KGB chief of foreign counterintelligence who knew Soviet leader Yuri Andropov well, said that Andropov's distrust of American leaders was profound. It was conceivable that if Petrov had declared the satellite warnings valid, such an erroneous report could have provoked the Soviet leadership into becoming bellicose, Kalugin said. Quote, The danger was in the Soviet leadership's thinking. The Americans may attack, so we better attack first. End quote. Petrov received no outside attention due to the closed nature of the Soviet Union. The story was an anecdote lost to history, until 15 years later when his chief, General Yuri Vontintsev, released his memoirs wherein he mentioned the actions of Stanislav Petrov. Petrov was invited to the United States where the United Nations honored him with a meeting. He received the World Citizen Award and later the Dresden Peace Prize in Germany. A documentary was later released about Petrov titled, The Man Who Saved the World. During his filming of the documentary, The Man Who Saved the World, Petrov toured the United States in 2007. He visited the Minuteman Missile National Historic Site and having retired from the USSR's military, commented, quote, I would have never imagined being able to visit one of the enemy securest sites, end quote. Petrov later said, I am not a hero. I was just at the right place at the right time. At the right place at the right time. 
Petrov died on 19th of May, 2017, from hypostatic pneumonia. He was 77 years old. His son Dmitry Petrov recalls, quote, He never talked about it. He didn't like to remember it at all. For me, of course, he is a hero, because he was not confused by such an unusual situation. Another person in such a situation might have just automatically confirmed the launch, and that's it. End quote. 